All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. You are listening to Intrepid Healthcare. Shining a light on the innovators, the doctors, the medical professionals, and all those instigating change and influencing both healthcare policy and technology. We bring you the latest healthcare news impacting the providers, the payers, and the patients. And now, here's your host, Todd Schnick. Good afternoon and welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Now, I interviewed today's guest, oh gosh, I want to say probably three, four, five months ago, somewhere in that time frame. And we had a, a really cool conversation about a very important subject. Uh, but during the course of that conversation, my guest uh, in touched on a subject matter that I thought was really interesting, and, and uh, we decided that it was worthwhile to have Brian come back to the show so we could deep dive into this subject, because I think, frankly, the mindset behind this, the, the shift in the industry with what we're talking about today, I think is the future in healthcare, and so I think it's worthwhile to dive into it on a much deeper level, so let's do that. Uh, return guest to the show, let's welcome back Brian Kim. He's the Senior Vice President of Business Development and Marketing with ICA Systems. Brian, welcome back to the show. Hey, Todd. It's a pleasure to be back. Thank you for inviting me, and, and thank you for referring to me at, or anything associated with me as cool. That's, I think that might be a first. Well, I, the only way I'm cool is because I say so. So uh, uh, trust me, I get that. Uh, I think you and I are probably in the same boat there, Brian. So, uh, you know, our audience is obviously familiar with you, but take a few quick seconds and just remind them a bit about you and your background and then give us a quick overview of what ICA Systems is all about. Sure. So I've been in healthcare for more years than I'd like to uh, recall, primarily focused in serving payers and working in a payer environment. ICA Systems is focused on providing core administrative systems for payers, that's health plans and providers who take risk on a software-as-a-service basis. So we are helping them rework and uh, reimagine their businesses and how they can run more efficiently, both from a capital perspective as well as more efficiently from an innovation perspective. Well, great. I appreciate you doing that. So uh, the, the subject matter at hand, uh, the thing that we're going to dive in today was, was, a, was a phrase you uttered on that last show called member intimacy. Now, I'm of the opinion that the customer is more powerful and more aware and more armed with, with tools and education and awareness of their healthcare and all that that implies than they've ever been before. And so the idea of, of member intimacy is, I think, is, is, is stunningly cool, almost as cool as you. And, and I think it's worthy of diving in deeper on it. So let's kick it off. And certainly in the context of the world that you operate in, uh, Brian, so, so start us off by defining what you mean by member intimacy. Sure. You know, it's, it's something that we're starting to see. And I think as people see what's happening with market trends, but more than anything, it's really about a combination of going to where people live. It's going to, it's, it's approaching them the way they want to be approached. In some ways, it's an enlightened view, almost of the golden rule of treat people the way you want to be treated. And so it's all about, in this case, thinking about plans, thinking about payers, people who have this, or organizations, I should say, who have responsibility for providing services to members 
and understanding that those members have a life. They have a state that in which they are at that moment. And that those variables include you know, certainly the obvious chestnuts around demographics and age and family condition and, and so forth. But it also goes toward different types of consumers, those who are healthy and don't really need the system, but those who have some maybe some chronic conditions, but those are relatively low level and well managed, and then certainly people who have more acute conditions. And so when you think about the bevy of variables that a person can have, where they might be at that particular moment medically, emotionally, financially, even logistically, so to speak, it's about understanding where they are and understanding how to communicate with them, what to communicate, how can they be helpful. And the point being that overall, there used to be an old way of the industry thinking about we need to make members do this, where in fact, the reality is nobody likes to be made to do anything and nobody responds well to be made to do anything. But rather, it's the insight to say people want and need to take responsibility and accountability for their health. And so providing the education, the insights, the potentially helpful actions to them that they can choose to take on and the tools to be successful in that, that's where we're, that's where we're going. And that's where member intimacy is incredibly important. Well, you said something really key because it's frankly, it's how I used to feel when interacting with the world of my healthcare was that, that I was... I was given orders. I was. I didn't feel I had many options, and that I was told what to do. And and look, when a doctor says do this to make yourself better, well, then that's one thing. But in terms of interacting with the business side of of healthcare, I always felt like I. I think one of the things I think you're saying here is that, and I think there's beginning to see a, a trend in the industry where the consumer feel understanding they're actually a customer, and they they actually have options with which that they don't like the way certain. They can go to a different system. And I, I don't know that they ever really felt that way before. I mean, is that part of what you're saying? And I think another key thing that you're talking about here is uh, in, you talk about communication. I always feel they, most of the healthcare I ever dealt with, uh, was very. if I was communicated to, it was very poor. And it was more at their convenience than, than really caring about and informing me. Is, is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. It's you know, it's funny, it's, it's not a definition that we're creating. It's something that we're seeing and we're just trying to put a name to it. We're seeing that those folks who are forward thinking and really thinking about what's happening out there are trying to figure out how to deal with the fact that the individual is becoming the buyer and that the individual, the individual member is driving his or her outcomes. You know, it's, it really is different. I mean, you think about our parents' generation who revered the medical community, which is a very different ethos than you have now where anyone in a matter of seconds can pull up Google and start looking at symptoms and start self-diagnosing and for good or ill. But people have a way to get at information and people question and people want to understand not just what but why and how. And so going to that place is critical across the board. I think it's the fundamental key, again, to a intrinsic motivation around health. 
Whereas I think we've done a lot as an industry in terms of creating carrot and stick type of approaches. We've done a lot in terms of thinking about carrot and stick versus intrinsic motivation. You're talking about a, a holistic approach here though, right? Absolutely. So, you know, I think about it. So let me take a step back and think about from a market trend perspective, because thinking about the life cycle from a payer perspective now of a member, a member is first in some ways decides to buy that coverage. That's really different. We're increasingly obviously moving toward individual purchases. Remember, you know, the industry used to be, and it still is in many ways for folks in companies where their company chooses a health plan and then you're sort of stuck with it. But that's less and less of the overall puzzle. And so individuals are going out between exchanges, straight up individual commercial coverage, even choice in Medicaid, managed Medicaid, and certainly in Medicare Advantage. It's increasingly individual business. And so, A, you got to sell to those folks. Then B, you've got to figure out What's the interaction you're going to have with them? Notably, because you're looking at two things. One is obviously retention, and that's, again, just a straight-up financial consideration, but obviously holding on to that relationship. But then, B, it's about how do you change the game there? If you think about it, and I'm going to use Medicare Advantage as a perfect example of where the whole STARS program, if you look in detail at the measures, you see this incredible dependence upon individual survey measures. It's measures of those people and what did they perceive about that interaction? Did they perceive their health to be getting better? Did they feel like they knew where to go to get help? All of those components are incredibly important not just the financial piece, obviously there are bonuses and all of that associated with the STARS program in Medicare Advantage, which frankly I expect to see some version of in other government-mediated programs and probably increasingly on the commercial side. So we're going to see that financial benefit. But maybe more important and thinking about in some ways our collective higher purpose of creating a system that actually serves our fellow person, right? It serves our fellow Americans in a way that is useful and meaningful to them. And again, empowers them, again, holistically to say, hey, here's, here's me understanding my care, my coverage, what happens financially, but where I can go to get help, who can help me, what, is, what and who is the best provider for me in this particular situation. So if I'm thinking about hip replacement or whatever it might be, and I'm going to pause here, but when I'm thinking about a need for a service that I've agreed upon, even with my physician, where am I going and how am I going to be a part of that decision-making, not just, hey, medically, which is where my doctor is going to be focused and what he or she is going to know best, but what about how I feel about different situations or different locales where I might do this? and my financial situation. So again, that holistic view of where am I as a person at that moment. Got it. So individualization obviously is the, is a critical driver in this. Uh, and, and the, and the fact is now when a member is dissatisfied, that system now cares about that and they're going to take steps. When, when I feel like for most of my life, they didn't give a darn if I was frustrated with the level of service. So that's a, it's boy, what a, what a mindset shift in the industry. So let's close this uh, top half of the show by walking through a, a, a couple of ways that payers 
can actually achieve true member intimacy? Yeah, so, you know, it's it's so funny. There's so much. What I've articulated here, there's been a lot of sizzle out in the industry on various concepts around this, and frankly, very little stake. And, for, and what stake there is often turns out to be Salisbury stake, so maybe taking that analogy a bit far. Uh-huh. But I think there's a, a, a stepwise, a baby stepwise view of getting to that point. You know, I think first and foremost, there's just doing the basics on an individual basis. And when I talk about basics, I'm thinking about just simple stuff like the core admin and like enrollment, just to say, hey, I was treated like a person. They understood who I am and they understood, hey, this is the card I got. I got the correct card. They understood that I have three children. You know, they got those, they spelled my name correctly. There's just little things like that. You know, there's this classic thing of, you know, satisfaction built up by a hundred good things, but dissatisfaction is just one bad experience. So how do you do those basics and execute flawlessly just to build that initial um, credibility on an individual basis? But then you know, taking a step up is, hey, we've had all these interactions, certainly from an administrative point of view and increasingly from a clinical perspective, and how do you get actionable insights in real time. So, you know, let's take those in reverse order. Real time meaning, look, for all of us, you know, we walk around with our mobile phones, I mean, and that's up and down the socioeconomic spectrum. We all walk around with our mobile phones now, and we expect information right there. We expect to have answers immediately. So if our systems are oh, well, you know, that won't refresh for a couple of days or maybe overnight because of the batch and that's how it works in the background. Yeah, people might get that and say, oh, that's the limitation of our computer system. But that says, oh, now it's my compu- uh, your computer system is getting in the middle of what my experience should be. And that's the wrong, that's, that says it's not about you anymore, but it's about our systems. So that's one. You know, the insights have to come in terms of help understand what's actually happening, again, on an individual basis as opposed to, oh, this is what usually happens to somebody with, say, diabetes or what usually happens to somebody your age. That's just not very helpful. So if I'm contemplating a mammography, I'm 45 years old, there's changing guidance about mammography, I'm talking to my doctor about it, but I want additional information, that information shouldn't be just, hey, you're 45 and a woman, but it's you're 45, you have no family history of breast cancer, you have, you know, you never took birth control pills and you never smoked. You know, what's your risk profile? And that's a different thing. And finally, actionable. So what can I actually do with it, right? So I, as an individual, you as an individual, we don't want just data. I mean, sometimes data makes you feel better, but more often than not, it's so what? I want to be able to do something. I want to be able to do something for myself. And even if that doing something is deliberately not doing anything, but I need to make that decision about action. 
Right, right. That's where I think healthcare has failed for so many generations. Is this, it's just too so complex, and, and the system didn't care that it was. They they were just checking off a box. And and now now I now as a user, as a customer, as a consumer, I I want simple instructions of things I can do because I I and I want it in real time. Real time is it matters now. And and if it's anything but real time, it, it you're not intimate <laughs> in my view. So all right, well we have much more to discuss. So Brian Kim and I. I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This is Wes Moss, former host of Atlanta Tech Edge on NBC in Atlanta. I'm here today, though, to talk to you about my new digital financial advisory firm, Wella. Well is an old English word that means wealth. Several years ago, my team realized there were too many people who needed help with their financial strategy, but couldn't get the help they needed because they didn't reach the high investment minimums of many financial advisory firms. To answer this need, we developed Wella, a digital platform that allows us to help people just like you get free financial advice and tools to better manage their finances. We also offer online investing and the ability to work with your own investment advisor with no minimums. Learn more at yourwella.com. That's Y-O-U-R-W-E-L-A.com. All right. I am back with Brian Kim, SVP, Business Development and Marketing with ICA Systems. So, Brian, we, we talked about right before the break how payers can actually achieve true member intimacy. And boy, I, I'm excited to see it when we, when we cross that threshold. And, and that's that's the that's the norm, the new norm in, in the industry. So probably the appropriate next step in the conversation is why? Why does having and achieving member intimacy matter? What are the benefits of doing this? I really think there are, I guess it's really two sides of it. On one hand, there's just the usual financial driven aspect of being a business. I mean, there is a business you need to be able to self-sustain. And so, you know, those aspects are really around attracting members, having happier members with higher membership, higher retention, frankly, being able to take market share. You know, one of our customers has taken on this in a big way. They really differentiate by this. Part of what they have done actually is to use some of the insights, change some of their systems so that not only can they use their systems and data and those actionable insights to be more member intimate, they're actually using savings so they can put more feet on the street and go out and visit their members, obviously their higher acuity members, to help them with interventions and so forth. So they're creating a differentiation in the marketplace where they, on an individual sales basis, are growing like a weed. Their year-to-year sales growth is well above, well into double digits, and it's fundamental to how they differentiate themselves and win in the marketplace. But I think, frankly, again, going back to mission, it it really goes at something much more important, which is really about outcomes and perceived outcomes. And just to be clear about what I mean by this, on one hand, by every measure, when somebody's taking more control, feels more ownership of their health, by every measure of morbidity, mortality, wellness, things turn out better. They're more understanding of what's going on, they take better care of themselves, and they're on top of what's going on for them. But even more importantly, people feel like they have more control. 
they feel more engaged. They are, you know, there's more satisfaction associated with just life. And, you know, isn't in some ways that's what it's about? Wait, wait, wait. Not only you, better, but feeling better. You actually suggesting this is about improving health? I mean, I, what a novel idea in the industry. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. It's, you know, I think all of us in the industry want to get to a point and certainly want to believe that we're doing something to help improve health for our neighbors. And, and sometimes that, that connection is somewhat indirect. What's fascinating about this move, you know, again, holistically, is that we can see it. We can see when it's, hey, it's about Brian Kim's interaction with their, you know, potential, his potential hip replacement. How is he going to choose that? How do we help him choose the location, the surgeon, the hospital or ambulatory surgery center that is going to give him the, the best overall, again, holistic outcome in terms of how is he going to be treated there? Is he going to get a good medical result? Is he going to be able to recover and recover well at home? Is he going to get the post-operative care and physical therapy, whether it be at home or in another facility? And frankly, is it not going to break his pocketbook such that he's actually satisfied with it and is able to go and do the things he wants to do after the fact and not have this enormous debt cloud over his head. Well, you know, so, to, to be fair, I think there's a lot of people on my side of the aisle, the, the, the consumer side, that don't sometimes realize that the healthcare industry is, in fact, a business, and they, they do have to, they have to turn a profit. But, but at the end of the day, we all understand that this is all about the patient. I mean, this is all about improving health. And, and, and I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you, it, it's, it almost saddens me that we have to have this very conversation about member intimacy, because because it seems to me this ought to be the, 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 the main framework by which we operate and, and, and should have always been operating. And, and, it's, and it's so exciting to me. It's so encouraging to see that there's now a big push towards this idea of member intimacy and, 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 the, and the, the dramatic change it will have on the health of our community, which, which is dramatic. And, and, that's, and that is so exciting to see. And, and, and understanding, listening to you through this conversation, understanding how this thing is going to work, how, how it's going to shift mindsets, how it's going to shift priorities, there's no doubt in my mind that it's going to improve health, which, as I understand, that's, that should be and is the main objective of healthcare. So it's very, very exciting. Now, you shared an example a few minutes ago, but but let me ask the question in, in this way. I mean, is this idea of member intimacy, I mean, is, is, this, is this trend starting to be widespread and adopted across the industry? I mean, where, where do we stand on its adaption? I think it's in pockets. I think it's burgeoning. I think it's a matter of two things. One, and I think the primary one is what line of business are you in? If you are a payer, you know, if you're a classic old line payer, and I won't put any names to it, that focuses purely on group business with large employers, etc., this is less meaningful to you right now because you're not competing generally against multiple health plans and your your sales are wholly driven and your financial outcome is driven by your ability to sign up that big group employer again and you're working with the HR staff, etc. But if you're flip it around in a situation where it's much more driven by individual choice 
and their perception of you, especially in environments where the price differentiation isn't as strong. In that situation, you find yourself very much competing on what can you deliver and how can you differentiate not just by financials, not just by cost, but by the services that you're able to provide and perhaps more importantly, your reputation among the cohort that you're targeting. Mm, Gotcha. Any other barriers to adoption that we ought to be aware of and paying close attention to? Yeah, I I think the the biggest barriers, the biggest issues are really, it's funny, it I think there's obviously a mindset issue, but the, in terms of, again, if you're used to be doing group business and used to working in that model, it's hard to shift over processes. But it's doubly hard when your systems, your, the capabilities that you have, because let's face it, being a payer is a data business. And if your ability to move around the data is all about groups and all about simplicity in how you manage groups as and people as part of groups, as well as not being real-time and just having that overnight processing and big processing windows and all of that stuff. The ability to say, here's what I know about this member at this particular time right now is incredibly limited. And so the ability to get that, again, actionable insight in real-time, if you can't, if you have no chance of getting that, then you have no chance of being truly intimate with members and being able to go where they live. Yeah, you took my line. I was going to say the very same thing. Yes, you are very much a data business, no doubt about it. But making it actionable and and in real time, which then directly impacts uh, improved health and quality of living. I mean, that's that's where a data business can be, can bring humanity to, to the, our community. I mean, that, that's what's so exciting about this. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. And, um, you know, it makes me proud to be part of the industry when we can make a move like that. Yeah, I hear you on that, my friend. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, Brian. Uh, I have a feeling we'll probably be talking again about the next uh, critical trend in the industry. Uh, Before I let you go today, however, what's the best way people can contact you should they have questions and learn more about Systems? Yeah, we're at ikasystems.com, I-K-A systems.com, and uh, people can reach us through that. All right. Brian Kim, Senior Vice President, Business Development and Marketing with Ica Systems. Brian, once again, great to have you. Thanks again for stopping by and joining us. Thank you. It was my pleasure. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Brian Kim, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.